Hey everybody, I just wanted to pop on here real quick and ask a favor. We have the opportunity for you to give back for all the free entertainment that we have provided you over the past year. We need your help in nominating us for the People's Choice Awards in the Podcast Awards. Through the end of July, listeners can go to the website available in the show notes and vote for us in the TV and film category. If you have enjoyed the show and would love to help us out, please consider clicking that link and give us some love. Either way, we appreciate your listenership and the lovely reviews and feedback you have given us. Have a great day and never forget. Dodges never stop and neither do the movies. You're listening to Dodge Movie Podcast. Your hosts are Christy and Mike Dodge, the founders of Dodge Media Productions. We produce films and podcasts. So this is a podcast about films. Join them as they share their passion for filmmaking. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dodge Movie Podcast. Today, we are talking about the 2020 film Lady Driver. Lady Driver. (laughs) That's for all our... What was the name of that show? Trial and Error. It was a comedy. And in season two, they introduced that in this old southern town, they had a requirement, a, a... an ordinance that when a woman was driving a car, someone would have to run in front of her waving two red flags saying, lady driver. <laughs> it's quite humorous. It's very funny. This film is directed by Sean Paul Piccinino, and it was written by John Ducey, Nick Graminos, and T.K. McCamey, and it stars Grace Van Dien, Sean Patrick Flannery, and Christina Moore. This film is about as indie as they come. It is so indie that I could not find any financial information on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say that they did a great job with what they had because the production level was very good for an independent mm-hmm. film. There's no complaints there. Mm-hmm. But just when you look at the individuals involved, it's a labor of love, mm-hmm. right? They all brought in people they knew from other projects. It was uh, yeah. definitely a labor of love. Yeah, it's a uh, synopsis thanks to... IMDb is when a rebellious teen embarks on a solo summer journey to connect with her roots, she finds herself in a new world geared up for the ride of her life and then discovers that she has the drive in her all along. She had the drive in her all along. Right. Yeah. So what was our pickup line? Ellie, you're going to be late, which is actually it's speed related, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it supports my my theory pretty well. Mm hmm. Yeah, I felt like the acting was pretty good. It's like, like, you know, there's really, except for Sean Patrick Flannery from Boondock Saints, not really anybody who's like a big name or known. Right. But I thought everybody did the good. The girl who stars in it, the lady, she has a Hillary Duff vibe. Oh, yes, you're right. She does kind of have a Hillary Duff vibe. So I believe you had found that there was a review by one racer where he said, this is a Hallmark movie that guys can watch. Yeah. <laughs> and so and as an avowed lover of Hallmark movies, I consider that a compliment. But I think what they're getting at is it, it has a little bit more of the young adult feel to it. It's mm-hmm. not terribly... Uh, sophisticated or complicated in a certain sense is pretty straightforward, which I think works well for the film. That's not a criticism. It's just the the kind of story it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. What did you think as a race fan of the cinematography of this film? Well, the first note I have in my cinematography was not strictly related to racing. Early in the film, she's in her shop class, her auto shop class. Right. And they're doing a a final exam. And in the background, there is a girl in tight pants doing nothing but posing in front of the tool chest. 
It was very distracting. We never saw that character again. They never explained why in the middle of an exam, someone would be just standing in front of the tool chest. It was bizarre. (laughs) Oh, is that just to show that not every girl in this town was as adept as... Maybe so. Like that, that, that would actually make more sense than anything I could think of. I did like there was a lot of montages, which is one of my favorite. But I thought that the racing was done pretty well. I don't know how they, they filmed all of the racing scenes, but some of them for the in-car footage could have been uh, GoPro on the windshield, right? But I thought it, it was pretty decent footage. It was exciting. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the film was shot at at the Petaluma Speedway. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of trivia is the garage that they used that a lot of the film took place in her uncle's garage was the same garage in the 2018 movie Dirt. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. And the late model that Ellie drives in one of the races is owned by Bob Pierce. And it was driven by his real life son, Bobby Pierce, who has a line in the film. Damn it, Bobby. Uh, Actually, both of the cars, the modified and the late model, are real legit race cars. We know this because all of the advertisements on them, their sponsors are actual real (laughs) um, advertisers. Yeah, sponsors of some sort. Yeah, right. I had a problem with the, the, there's kind of like a nemesis for her in the film. And I could, I mean, it kind of sets it up almost at the beginning. Like he's going to be like the bully, right? He's going to be the jerky alpha male. Right. Except that she kind of is flirty with him at times. And I thought they ended up getting together at the end. Spoiler alert. Oh, I, I don't know that they get together, but I think she actually kisses Merle. Oh, okay. In Maybe order to, but no, I, so, okay. I was a 16 year old boy at one point, believe it or not. <laughs> and I can tell you that 16 year old girls do in fact flock to the jerks. Well, so that's I, true. I felt this was a very realistic writing. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But yes, the character of Buck was kind of a douche nozzle. And one thing that I thought didn't make sense, but then maybe was done to show that he was like that, is some racers will put a piece of red or yellow tape at 12 o'clock on their steer- steering wheel as a visual indicator for where, how far they've they've turned the wheel. Uh-huh. And he did that in his pickup truck. <laughs> and it's not a race car. It doesn't make any sense. But then I thought, okay, it's if you're showing. like a 17-year-old jerk bully who's you know spoiled kid yeah maybe you would do that yeah yeah i thought i mean a lot of the scenes like especially at night looked cool you know like it brought me back to sure the eugene speedway at night (laughs) yeah we live near there and so i could always hear it and (laughs) the lights and everything kind of just that vibe there is something about the kind of the the feel or the flavor of lights at night yeah that that gives it an entirely different feel than in the daytime there's something i don't know if it's like the harsh shadows or there's a different color temperature but there's a specific feel to like nighttime events with big lights on them. Right. Yeah. So this director, Sean Paul Piccinino, has another film. We saw this one on Netflix and he has another one on Netflix called A California Christmas. And so they were both. He had two films. Can you imagine? Like, and he, it was four months after making this one. He opens up Netflix. In fact, there's kind of a funny video on YouTube. He opens up Netflix and he sees his films and he does this very silly. Dance. A California Christmas? That sounds very Hallmarky. Very Hallmarky. And so yeah. that's why this one very much feels like another Hallmarky. Yeah, credit to him, right? He's got it dialed in. Uh huh. Apparently. Maybe he can talk to the crown. The cr- oh. <laughs> 
Every time you say that, I think of the Netflix show, The Crown. I'm oh. not thinking of the channel yeah. that you're obsessed with. Well, maybe Olivia Coleman is is could get to work for <laughs> There's Hallmark. No way she would ever work for Hallmark. <laughs> oh, I don't know what her finances look like. <laughs> Meet her quote, and she's there. <laughs> a very bet English you, Christmas. Betcha on it. <laughs> it's not happening for quite a while. Uh, we'll see. They got Greg Evigan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god deep pool yeah and what's great about that okay, is i went i will in- buy breakfast for any of our listeners who know who that is <laughs> <laughs> i went into that joke not knowing who i was gonna pull oh wow well, yeah. i'm impressed yeah. <laughs> okay what about the editing did you feel like for i mean it's tough to follow up tony scott with uh, days of thunder <laughs> but what did you think of the editing of like the race films and I thought the editing was good because I didn't notice it. Yeah. I thought it, it was really well done. That's why I said I was surprised at how indie this film is because I felt like the cinematography and the editing and the sound were top notch. Yeah. Uh, that, that I, at no point did I look at it and say, this looks like a cheesy TV movie. They really, right. really landed it. Yeah. They did a good job. <laughs> I'll give them there too. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, again, for the budget, right? It's not yeah, Days of yeah. Thunder. Yeah. 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 But no, you're you right. know, they have overhead shots. They have in-car shots. You know, they had a stunt. So <laughs> a big explosion. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this, is, this is good stuff. <laughs> big, big time. Oh, and they had a skateboarder. That was an area where it did, did kind of bump me a little bit because it was very obviously a boy put in a skirt riding yes, the skateboard yes. when it was supposed to be her. Yeah. And I just saw, because we've got IMDb up, so it's the trailers running. I just saw, I remembered there was a bit of trivia that traditionally on dirt track racing, there is no comm system, no communication, no... Um, Spotters. Like, yeah, walkie talk. And But they did find one race in California that allows it. And so... So they felt that it was okay to then put it in right. the movie. Okay, I'll give them. I'll allow. <laughs> you picked up on that, that it was like, eh, that doesn't happen. Well, I just was never familiar with in dirt track racing, anybody having a spotter. But I have to say, this was a little bit of a problem in the writing department. Because at one point, the spotter said, watch your six. You would never say that. You would give them actual useful information. Oh, like, like he's on your left fender? Yeah, th- yeah, they give you a location and a distance and tell you who it is. That, yeah. I mean, just watch your six. Okay, fine. What does that mean? <laughs> that's not that's not. Actually Actionable. So that that was the bit. But certainly if you had a spotter, that would be very, very helpful because they can tell you not only where other vehicles are relative to you, because often in those cars, you don't have very good visibility. Right. But also they can watch the track and they can give you, you know, the high line is working better and information that you wouldn't have as a driver. So the spotter is very helpful. Uh huh. Before I head on to sets and sound, is there anything about writing, editing that you want to... So uh, this kind of is firmly in the category of uh, maybe too hallmarky, but I really could not believe the dialogue from the little sister when she says to the dad, teenagers, am I right? <laughs> I just, I don't think any nine-year-old has ever said the that. The little snarky. Right. And then there is a subtle kind of exposition throughout the film of showing why there's this relationship between her and her uncle and how it was strained and then her dad and her mom. So I thought that was actually pretty well done, pretty well like revealed, mm-hmm. but it's kind of funny that at one point the uncle says easy on on the gas and then they immediately cut to her stomping on the throttle so that right. was but there was a funny line here which i really like where he says you did most of the work and she says well i was in the top two <laughs> and i was like that's a pretty good darn good joke for this film so right. good job guys because it was between him and her yeah the two of them worked on it yeah 
so yeah, I thought that was um the writing was pretty good, but like I said, it was it was pretty straightforward. There wasn't a lot of, but I think for for very basically a simple plot line, it was like I said, it was really well done how they revealed things slowly throughout the film. Yeah, I thought because like there were some plot points with her father, like we didn't really know until later. I feel like yeah, when he died, we uh-huh. knew he was no longer in the picture. But they kind of brought that out later. I did feel like, and I kind of understand this because it's tough to balance all this. I did feel like they resolved the issue with her and her mother rather quickly. Yes. And that's that's kind of the young adult or, or hallmarky part of it, I feel like, is it's a little bit unrealistically, you know, you have the face turn that the mom suddenly becomes a, a like a fan yeah, and she's on so, board and helping yeah. out, even though they painted her as somebody who absolutely hated racing, understandably, because it killed right. her and husband di- and father. Didn't even want her daughter to get a driving license at all, let alone right. race. Right. So, and little, then now yeah. she's going to hop on and be her spotter. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Any head trauma in this one? <laughs> Well, I didn't make note of any head trauma. There were a couple times when people spun that could have maybe gotten there, but I got nothing. Okay. And we got one smooch. You already alluded to that one. Smoochy, smoochy, smoochy. Yeah. So Merle plays the nerd that has a crush on the pretty girl and she smooches him at the end of the film to teach the douche nozzle buck a lesson. Merle is very happy and speaking for every 16 year old dork out there. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> and I mean, this whole film could be a driving. I mean, we've pretty much done a driving review, but anything stand out? In oh, that? yeah, I have a few notes. Okay. So I, I do want to say the costumes get a little bit of tip of a cap because the people in the crowd for the race have actual racing parts and equipment sponsors ball caps. So they at least went went down and asked them, what would you actually wear? So that was nice. So uh, first of all, when you're trying to communicate, clothing can tell a story, but so can the cars. Mom and dad have a Porsche and a BMW mm-hmm. parked in front of the house. So that, that tells the audience that they're, they belong in Monterey. They've got money. Well, not only that member I noted, and I've seen this in a thousand movies, but all of a sudden seeing it in this yeah. one, anytime that the female, or well, I guess it could be male or female, right. has the sweater tied around their shoulders with By the like sleeves. a white polo or a white button down. Yeah, maybe that light blue. indicates, oh, that person's wealthy. Yeah, they're Tony. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I suspect if you looked in Wedding Crashers. Absolutely. Probably the Bradley Cooper character. But I can't remember the last that. time I actually saw that out in the wild. Somebody wearing that. Oh, it was very common in my high school. No, I know, but I mean today. I oh, I, I sure. cannot tell you if I've seen somebody wearing a sweater tied around their shoulders like that. Okay. Listener RJ, can you tell us if you've seen someone <laughs> with that sweater tied around? Today. The, yeah, today. Like in the grocery store or right. yeah, in the, the wild. Saturday market. I mean, I'll even grant you in, in the Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you would see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we go to the numbers? No, I, there's oh, so much oh more on motive talking. Oh, please. I'm so sorry. Goodness please sakes. continue. Like one bullet you item paused. in. paused. Well, okay. We are having a conversation. I was trying to be polite. Okay. So, kids, do not commit grand theft auto. (laughs) Even of the Toyota Corolla at the school's auto shop. That was like, but, you know, teenagers are stupid. But that's, don't don't steal a car. That's a big deal. It could be a felony. And so I did look that up. And in California, grand theft auto is not $1,000 or more. It's actually $400 or more, which, as I'm sure most of our listeners know, is pretty easy to hit $400 with a car. So pretty much any car theft is grand theft auto. You're looking at a felony. 
don't do it. What I thought was interesting, I don't know if this is coincidence or if they were trying to tell a story about how Uncle Tim, despite being a great mechanic, is now a, a drunk. Uh-huh. The um, tow truck that he takes to go to Monterey with her, right. one of the rear brake lights is out. Uh-huh. And a mechanic, you would think, especially one with the history in racing, wouldn't do that. Well, except for, you know, the whole Busman's Holiday or a painter's house's always looks crappy right is that what it is like he's too busy working on everybody else's cars he doesn't work on his own could be and, and if he, that vehicle looks like it's simply replacing a bulb i think he could do it in 10 minutes oh it's not that he can't do it he just by the time you clock off taking care of everybody else's cars you just want to go home and have a beer yeah it could be <laughs> you could be right <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking if if you take your car in to be worked on and the mechanic's vehicle is in poor repair, you're maybe not going to go there again. But he does have what looks to be a 64 Chevelle. He has a very nice car of his own, so he seems to have kept that up pretty well. I thought it was interesting that the bad guy drives a Ford and Uncle Tim seems to have a preference for Chevy. So I didn't know if they were trying to kind of take the piss out of the other side <laughs> with that particular thing. Unfortunately, no Mopars in this film that I could detect. So that, that's actually a minus for them. We'll take a point off for that. It, with the racing, I think it was fairly decent, but notice that she climbs in the car with her helmet off. Mm-hmm. And when you see her in the car racing, there's about a quarter inch between the top of her helmet and the roll cage. She wouldn't be able to put her helmet on in the car. You'd have to put your helmet on outside the car before you get in a little bit there. Now, I know why this is from a production standpoint, but why was her visor so clean? She's racing dirt track. (laughs) You get dirty. And her visor is clean, obviously, because they want to see the pretty actress. But that was a little little bit off for me. And so just for context, including engine, a brand new late model would have cost her her stepdad and her mom uh, over 50 grand. So not unreasonable for people that look like they have the wealth in that film, but not a non, that's a non-trivial thing, you know. I, I don't have 50 grand to drop on my kid's racing career. Right, even if you wanted them to be racers. Even if I did, yeah. All right, so that's my driving automotive stuff. Okay, shall we go to the numbers? Let's go to the numbers. Okay. This film came out in 2020. You can watch it right now on Netflix. It is rated PG and it runs an hour and 44 minutes. On IMDb, it gets a 5.7 out of 10. And it is such an indie film that I, that Rotten Tomatoes has no numbers for it. And I got to say 5.7, that's unfair. You think? Yeah, that's too low. Mm. (laughs) I'm okay with it. Uh, you're being harsh. <laughs> it's listed as a sport film. I didn't even know that was a category. I Like I said, it was so indie that I I cannot find any numbers for it, the budget or... Hey, it's maybe so indie that we could get some of the cast and crew to call into our <laughs> podcast. So. Pete Nino, give me a call. <laughs> yeah, anybody who's out there. Uh, like, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, we're willing to have you on the show. Let us know. Yeah. Casper Van Dien and his daughter. Oh, yeah. Welcome. We could do the father-daughter thing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Any, yeah, yeah. Anybody who wants to, to come on. We're happy to talk with you. The diner patron, Saskia Bauer. That might be hilarious to, <laughs> to find out the stories that they have from the show. Right? From this film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll take anybody. <laughs> All right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dodge Movie Podcast. Stay tuned next week when we talk about Wheelman. Oh, good choice on my part. <laughs> Wheelman is, is available is, is. on Netflix also. So yeah. 
check out those films and never forget dodges never stop and neither do the movies thanks for listening to dodge movie podcast with christy and mike dodge of dodge media productions to find out more about this podcast and what we do go to dodgemediaproductions.com subscribe share leave a comment and tell us what we should watch next dodges never stop and neither do the movies 